to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Potter, riding solo for this wonderful Wednesday, March 30th. We have 11 games to talk about. As you guys know, these Wednesdays are always packed with action, but none, none more than when it's the end of the season. You know, seven, eight games remaining for a lot of these teams, and I mean, we got guys resting, we got guys hurt, we got guys resting for playoffs and, and hurt. Uh, you know, we're starting to see all different sorts of lineups. We're starting to see crazy high scores in DFS. So buckle up. It's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, these slates are always tricky. Again, I mentioned it last time. If you're not around to sit there and monitor the news, you should probably be careful about over-investing into your lineups. You know, go white. Uh, before we jump into anything, though, a quick shout-out to Thrive Fantasy just to come uh, come prop up. I don't know what you guys are waiting for. Prop up. Thrive Fantasy is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research. Focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Use that promo code ETHOS when you sign up. That's E-T-H-O-S and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can find Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. First game of the night, Dallas Mavericks traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavs. We have the Mavs in the second half of the back-to-back after absolutely torching the Lakers, so no injury report available for them. Uh, Before the Cavs, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, both ruled out. Colin Sexton, Dean Wade ruled out as well. Rondo is doubtful. Uh, little little shout out, a tidbit, I guess. Uh, we do not have like any game lines at the moment. I'm recording this. I'm recording it slightly earlier, uh, but I will also give my my best estimation on what I think the game line will be. I imagine that this one's probably sitting around like a two seventeen and a half, two eighteen game total, and I would imagine that. The Mavs are going to be favored uh, by, let's see, probably about three and a half is what I, is my best guesstimation. Uh, despite being on a back-to-back, a lot of their guys are going to get a little rest after torching torching the Lakers. Uh, I mean, I think they dropped like 80 on them by the end of the second quarter. It, it was a mess. Uh, needless to say, we'll start off here with the Mavericks. Luka Doncic, 12K, coming in as the top dog. Uh, Luka, always worth it. You'll never hear me say he's not. Uh, with all the other guys on this slate that we could spend up on, is he one of the guys I'm going to be going to? I'll have a share or two. I'm not going to completely rule him out. I mean, we're looking at Jokic in a, t- uh, in a tough a tough spot to choose because it's an easy matchup against Indiana. Uh, Trey Young, an easy matchup against OKC. So it's really going to come down to how hard you want to hit that mid-tier. He's not my favorite stud. We'll get to somebody else I really do like as well. But he's definitely firmly in play for me he's really the only Mav I've been getting any shares of I don't love this matchup necessarily uh, obviously their defense will be much much worse at the rim without Evan Mobley and Jared Allen uh, but still not crazy interested in too many Mavericks over here slide on to the other side of the ball Garland coming in at 10-2 I will probably just avoid uh, again don't love that price tag matchups okay it's not bad it's not great it's kind of middle of the pack uh, there's a couple other spots I think that we could target we're going to want to target that center position obviously with no Mobley with no Jared Allen, it looks like this is a firm, firm spot for Kevin Love to play anywhere between 30 to 35 minutes. Um, I'm expecting a big game out of Mr. Love. I mean, granted, 
you know, we haven't seen one of those massive ones, but we've seen at least 30 DK points in three out of the past five games. Only games that he hasn't hit at least 30 were the games that he didn't play at least, you know, 24 or more minutes. So I'm expecting at least 30 to 35 minutes here. I'm expecting double-digit rebounds. I'm expecting anywhere between 15 and 20 actual points. He'll be a more a little bit more aggressive on offense as well. Dallas's interior is definitely one that we could pick on. So sign me up. I do like me some Kevin Love. I don't mind marketing. I like Love a little bit more, but Love will also be chalkier. So if you want to fade that chalk and go that route, it wouldn't fault you one bit. And the other guy I want to mention is Karis LeVert. Uh, the minutes, they're back up. Now you're taking Mobley off the floor. It's pretty much going to be two shot takers for this team at this point. It's going to be Darius Garland. And it's going to be Karis LeVert. We'll see marketing get a couple of his shots up as well. Kevin Love will probably play fourth fiddle and just get most of the putbacks and all that kind of good stuff. But Karis LeVert is in a prime spot. In the two games against the Mavs this season already, he's averaging about 36 DK points in 32 minutes. At 5,900, I do like LeVert. So LeVert, Kevin Love, two top options. I think marketing comes in as an ancillary play uh, or a you know little bit of a lineup shaker-upper uh, if you're trying to avoid some of that ownership that Kevin Love's going to draw. On to the next game, Orlando Magic traveling to Washington to take on the Wizards. We have the Wizards on the second half of the back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report for them. For the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. has been ruled out, along with Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, and Ball Ball, both done for the year. Uh, again, no game totals or anything like that, but I imagine this one's probably going to be a relatively close game. Washington, I see, being favored by maybe uh, like 2.5, 1.5 points. It's going to be pretty tightly contested, what I imagine. And then anywhere probably around that 221-222 game total. Start off here with Orlando. And listen, if I happen to nail all these lines, I'm, I'm moving to Vegas. Bottom line, you heard it here first. We'll start off here with Orlando, though. Uh, two spots I definitely want to target. There's going to be Mo Bamba at 6K. Price tag's going up. Uh, but we saw what he just did in the last game without Mr. Wendell Carter Jr. And he put up a monster one. He's averaging 36.5 DK points in 26 minutes against Washington already this season. I imagine that he plays more than 26 minutes if he's the, the lone center option. So sign me up. I'm good with him. I don't mind going back to the well with Okiki, even though he burned us in that last one. Uh, only put up 17 DK points in that last game that we saw Wendell Carter Jr. out. But he played the minutes, 34 minutes. Couldn't hit his shots. Only shot 28%. In fact, he shot 28% over the last two games or less. So good bounce back spot going against Washington. Up pace tempo for, for the Magic. So I do like both those guys. And if you're looking for a nice little contrarian play or somebody that you're expecting to be a little lower ownership, it would be Mo Wagner. 4500 is not the best price tag. If he was in that 3800 range, I'd like him a lot more, but I still think he's in play in an option for us if we need to save some money. On the Washington side of the ball, Porzingis all the way up to 89 now. He was 85 on tonight's slate, so he's getting a nice bump. I don't see myself paying the 89 necessarily. It's a fine matchup. He should be able to continue just racking up the points like he has been. Uh, at least in three out of the past four games, at least 45 DK points, two in which he put up 57. So we know the upside's there. It is a back-to-back, -back, so that kind of worries me a little bit. I don't think they'll necessarily sit or rest him on the back-to-back, -back, uh, but they might try to limit his minutes a little bit more. He probably plays around that 31 to 29-minute mark is what I imagine, unless this game just stays close, goes into overtime or anything like that. Uh, and then we continue looking at that point guard position where Sadoransky continues to been drawn the start. Uh, drew the start tonight, played 30 minutes against Golden State, 29 against Detroit. 4,200, he continues to give us some some solid minutes. Never huge upside, never huge ceiling. We also see Ish Smith kind of creeping up there, the better point-per-minute producer. Then Sadoransky had a great game tonight against the Bulls. So those two options I'm okay with. We're going to probably expect to see Kyle Kuzma remains out, which gives a nice bump to Rui and Denny. I prefer Denny over Rui for only a couple hundred dollars more. Denny just uh, safer, higher upside, better floor than Rui. Rui continues to just put up those team games, and not really interested in that. 
Third game. Denver Nuggets. Traveling to Indiana. Taking on the Pacers here. For the Nuggets, Jamichael Green, questionable. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Zeke Nadi, you all ruled out. And for the Pacers, Goga, Malcolm Brogdon, Isaiah Jackson, and Dwayne Washington Jr. are all questionable. Chris Duarte, TJ McConnell, Ricky Rubio, Miles Turner, TJ Warren have all been ruled out. I imagine this game probably comes in somewhere around like a 9.5 to a 10.5 point spread. Being favored towards Denver just because Indiana has, uh, they've been bad. Uh, there's no other way to say it. I mean, they're, they're trying to be bad at this point, but uh, they have not won a game over the past four. The one game that they did win uh, over the past five games happens to be against Portland, another awfully bad team as well. And the game they won prior to that was against Houston. So anytime they seem to go against any sort of competition, they fumble the bag and they beat the bad teams, which is, you know, expected. They could beat bad teams, but if you're going to lose against every team, you might as well lose against bad teams. Try to increase your odds. Uh, so we just really got to monitor the news here. If Malcolm Brogdon sits, uh, we should probably see a decent amount of Justin Anderson again. Just keep your eye on that. We see we always see Buddy Heald slide down to the shooting guard position, leaving Anderson to play the three. He's up to 4,900 now, though, so it's not like we're getting a crazy good value. We'll end up talking about a ton of value on this slate, and believe me, even more will open up that we're not going to talk about tonight just because we just don't have the news yet. So keep your eye on that. Um, I'm still into Terry Taylor, though. Keep an eye on the front court, though. I want to see that Malcolm, either one of Malcolm Brogdon as well as like Isaiah Jackson or Goga are ruled out. If we get two out of those three guys ruled out, I think Terry Taylor comes into play. Those are the two main guys I'm looking at. If we see that Goga and Isaiah Jackson are ruled out, you could definitely look at Jalen Smith. Just only bodies left. They're running out of bodies at that center position. I'm assuming it uh, looks like O'Shea will be back in this one. So gives them a couple more front court depth, but not, not a lot to love over here. I don't trust this spot too much. Uh, on the Denver side of things, it starts and ends with Jokic for me, as always. Uh, he's 12-4. Hasn't faced the Pacers yet this season, but we're talking about back-to-back -back 70 DK point games. He should absolutely smash here. Only worry is that this game gets somewhat out of hand. Uh, that is the only fear that I do have. But listen, if he in 26 minutes against Washington, game got out of hand. He put up 64 DK points. He can still get it done. So it really depends on how you want to spend that money. Uh, we'll get to some other options in that 9K range where if you'd rather try to play two of those guys, I don't fault you one bit. Uh, I will have a couple shares of Jokic, though. Fourth game of the night, Miami Heat traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics. To the injury report, we go. The Celtics, Jalen Brown, Tatum are both probable after missing that last game. As we know, Robert Williams is rolled out. Al Horford no longer on the injury report, so he's expected to be back. And then for Miami, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, all questionable. Got to keep your eye on that. So, I imagine that this game is fairly close, and this is one that I really want nothing to do with for DFS. Uh, these are two of the better defensive teams in the Eastern Conference, not one that I usually like to pick against. Uh, maybe a little bit of BAM at 84, don't mind it. I think that price tag is perfectly fair. Same thing with Butler, 86, I think the price tag is perfectly fair. Those are the only real options I was kind of looking at over here in Miami, by no surprise. Uh, and then looking at Boston, I'm probably not going to be going anywhere really here. I, I would, wouldn't mind taking a couple stabs at like Al Horford, but going against Bam is not the matchup I generally like to target. He'll be a contrarian type play. He has the power forward eligibility. Uh, and then I prefer Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum just because we're getting such a big $2,400 discount for two guys that very similar upside, very similar floors. Tatum's floor is a little higher, more towards that like 40 DK point mark. While Brown's is probably right around the 30 of the floor. 
Um, we've seen Tatum hit 60 a few times more often than not this season compared to Brown, who's maybe done it once, twice. So, But it's the discount that we're getting. That's why. Again, don't love anybody in this game. Fifth game of the night. Here we go. Uh, another one that should have some nice fantasy implications. Charlotte Hornets traveling to New York, taking on the Knicks. Gordon Hayward has been ruled out. And then for the Knicks, Cam Reddish, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, Quentin Grimes all ruled out. This one will have a high total. It will most likely have the Hornets favored by probably about six and a half points, something like that, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and I definitely think there's some good fantasy implications here. We'll start off here with LaMelo Ball at 9,200. You just heard me talk about people I like that are in that 9K range. LaMelo Ball is certainly one of those guys. Uh, this is a smash spot. We know that he is a primetime spotlight type player. He's going into the garden. And listen, he's going to cook the Knicks this season. 50-60K point average in two games against the Knicks this season. Uh, he's averaging 22-13-7. and seven. I do like me some Lamella ball at 9,200. So, again, you'll hear me talk about a few a few of those 9K guys. He's probably one of my favorite leading that list. Outside of him, I definitely think you could look at some other options here. Uh, we've been seeing P.J. Washington get significant run lately, at least 30 minutes over the past three games, 29 in one of them. Uh, 5,300 is an okay price tag. It's a good matchup for him. By no means is he like a, a staple to build around, but... He's definitely somebody that I have a little bit of interest in. Terry Brozier is always contrarian to my Lamella Ball lineups. Um, you know, I, I, if I have one, I'm going to have the other one in, the, in like one or two other lineups. It's just usually one of these guys are always good for a big game. I prefer Lamelo, even though he is $1,800 more expensive. Uh, that's just the way it is. No pun intended. Uh, Miles Bridges, next guy. Anytime we're interested in Lamelo, we're interested in Miles Bridges. It is that simple. When one has a big game, the other one generally does too because LaMelo Ball, when he has his big games, he can do it in the scoring category, but he's also going to be doling out 10-plus assists. I imagine this is one of those games where I see him get 10-plus assists, and how does that happen? It's on those open transition plays, miles, bridges, alley-oop catches, finishes at the rim. That's what I like to see. He's averaging 50 DK points in this matchup in three games as well. No surprise that both those guys cook the Knicks. On the Knicks side of the ball, um, this is a great matchup for a lot of these guys. We've, I've talked about it time and time again. Charlotte gets beat from deep. There's no other way to say it. They are one of the league's worst teams at defending the opposing three-point line. So I imagine that this is a good opportunity for some bounce-back spots for these guys. I just don't want to pay these price tags knowing that they're all pretty fair. I mean, I like Burks in this spot, but I don't like paying $6,200 for Burks. I like Randall in this spot. I don't want to pay $9,300 for Randall knowing that I could play Bridges for cheaper, who I think will outscore him. I think LaMelo for $100 cheaper will outscore him. Um, we'll talk about several other power forwards. I think Kevin Love can outscore him, and he's, I don't know how much cheaper. Can't do that kind of math in my head that quick. I'm not going to pretend I could. So I just don't love this spot for, well, I love the spot. I just don't love the price tags. I, I just don't think uh, you know they're priced appropriately for me to be able to get some shares of them. So I'll pass. That's simple. Sixth game of the night, Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Toronto, taking on the Raptors. To the injury report we go. Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, both ruled out. And then for the Raptors, Ken Burch is questionable. Malachi Flynn has been ruled out. Everybody else should be good to go. This one will be a close and tight competitive game. I imagine that game total, let's see, I'm putting that 220, 224. 222 to 224 is what I imagine. We'll start off here at Minnesota. And listen, if somebody can go back after this gets released and just count how close I was within like one or two points in some of these games and let me know, that'd be cool. 
I have a feeling that I'll end up being wrong on most of them. Uh, but back to this, Carl Anthony Towns, 9,600. He's another one of those guys in those 9K range. Anytime Towns is under 10K, got to have some interest. I mean, he's been kind of putting up some, some poor games as of recently. The past three games have been tough for him. Now, granted, a couple of them got out of hand pretty quickly. So we didn't get to see full complement of minutes at all those. But at 9,600, I'm always going to have interest in him. He dropped a cool 49.8 DK points on this team earlier in the season on 9 of 14 shooting, 24 and 11 double-double. This is a good spot for him. Absolutely okay with him. And I don't mind looking at Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, we didn't get good minutes from him in that last one. Only played 18 minutes. But as we know, without Jaden McDaniels, it's pretty much going to be Jared Vanderbilt and Torian Prince chopped up the minutes at the power forward position. Now, I think against Siakam, they might go more Vanderbilt. But we're getting a, a nice firm discount when looking at Prince. So I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to look that way as well. But those are the two guys that we should see get the, uh, the biggest boost and the biggest step up knowing that there's going to be no Jaden McDaniels. Without Malik Beasley, that's going to open up a few extra minutes for guys like Patrick Beverly. Uh, we'll also see Jalen Noel play a few extra minutes as well. He played 27 minutes in that last one. At 3,500, there's worse you can do. Now, I think he's going to be a contrarian value play because there's going to be stuff that opens up throughout the day, and people are going to forget about him and think, well, he's not starting. Why would I go with him when I can go with a starter that is? So keep that in mind. I think he's an option. Uh, I'll probably land him in a couple spots. Not, not going to go too, too crazy with him. Over here, in the Toronto side of the ball, Pascal Siakam's coming in at 9,600. No thank you. I prefer Towns for the exact same price. Uh, I also prefer some of those other guys we spoke about earlier. Fred Van Vliet at 87. Now, I thought the minutes would slow down for Van Vliet. I was wrong. They haven't. Unless the game gets out of hand, he's going to play close to 35 to 40 minutes every single game. At 8,700, certainly an option. I just probably won't go there. If anything... Excuse me, I'm yawning out here. I'd go back to the well uh, with some of these guys that are a little too cheap, I think, like OG at 57. I don't mind taking a look at him. Uh, we're taking Chris Boucher out of the equation now just simply because we got Gary Trent back, so those minutes aren't going to be totally available. So I think Gary Trent and OG would be my two options I'm looking at the most. Just those guys in the mid-five range who have the upside to put up 40. Just don't do it every night. Five games left. Sacramento traveling to Houston. Another extremely fantasy-friendly game here. Expecting some fireworks. Eric Gordon, Anthony Lamb, Dennis Schroeder, Christian Wood all ruled out. Sangoon is questionable dealing with that left leg contusion. We saw him. He got ruled out halfway through the last game on his way to a good one. And then for the Kings, we have De'Aaron Fox, Rashawn Holmes, Terrence Davis, Demonis Sabonis all ruled out. Alex Len is questionable, Jeremy Lamb is questionable, and Josh Jackson is questionable. This game will have a 235 or so total. Uh, it should be relatively competitive and close. I imagine that the Rockets are, eh, maybe not because Christian Wood's out. Ooh, that's tough. I don't know who's going to be favored here. But we'll start off here with Sacramento. There's a lot to like on both sides of this ball. Uh, we're not going to sit here and beat around the bush here. Uh, Davion Mitchell, 7,600, absolutely love him. We're talking about four straight games with 38 or more DK points. 7,600 is just too cheap for how well this dude's been playing. The assists have been there. At least nine assists in three out of the past four games as well. Has scored at least 20 points in all those. He's shooting well from the field. He's playing good defense. He's got it going right now. So I'm absolutely all over him in this one at 7,600 going against this Houston Rockets team who can't defend a lick. Plays it up, pace tempo, allows points from every single position. Yeah, I don't know... I don't know what else I need to say. Uh, I, I do like some, some Davion. Uh, Damian Jones, if if we see that our good buddy over there, Alex Len, happens to roll out, should be allotted a few extra minutes, but I don't want anybody to forget about Chemezi Metu as well. 
He played 26 minutes with Len out in that last one against Miami. The game also got out of hand relatively quickly, so that could have aided and led to him seeing a little bit more of extended run. Uh, but this game, I see him getting some, some decent minutes. Don't mind him. Absolutely in play, both of those guys. And then if you want to take a look at Harrison Barnes, this would be a decent matchup to do so. I'd never play Harrison Barnes, so no fault to my own, I guess. If he, if he goes off for 40, it wouldn't surprise me. I'll take it off the chin. He's just one of those guys I just don't play. But, I, again, this is a great matchup for everybody. So would it shock me if he has a good game? Not at all. Uh, I would fully endorse and expect that he's going to have a good one. And Dante DiVincenzo is even worth a look at 5,300. Has that small forward eligibility. So maybe if you can't get up to Barnes and you still want to get some double exposure to this game, you could play Mitchell, you could play DiVincenzo, both those guys in the same lineup. They don't really correlate against each other necessarily. Uh, they could both get buckets. They could both get assists. We see that DiVincenzo has pretty much been the backup ball handler and also plays the two alongside of him. So lots of avenues on Sacramento, and we're going to say the same thing over here in about a second. Uh, we'll start off here with Sangoon at 6,900 if he plays, most certainly in play for me. Uh, he was on his way to a good one, played 29 minutes against San Antonio, put up 28 DK points. He was having a very versatile stat line, and he did so on 30% shooting. More often than not, Sangoon's going to shoot better than 30%, especially when the two of the shots he actually knocked down were from deep. Uh, just couldn't finish at the rim. Those little pick and pops weren't working for him as well. So I'm expecting a good bounce back game. Now, if he is unable to go, Fire up your K.J. Martin shares. It's just that simple. 3,600, this team's running out of bodies. He would certainly play about 26 to 28 minutes. And then don't forget about Bruno Fernando, who we'd see probably log a good 20 to 25 minutes as well, possibly even more, depending on how big Sacramento ends up running. But keep your eye on those two guys. I think they'd both be fairly chalky plays if we see that Sangoon's ruled out. I think Fernando would probably be everyone's favorite play. And then I think we'd see K.J. Martin come in a little under the radar sort of thing. And no, I'm not, I'm not playing Canner. Um, or, I'm sorry, Freedom. I refuse. I don't think he'll even play. So those two front court guys would be my two top plays with Sangoon out. And then also this is a great matchup for Jalen Green at 6,500. Normally I'm on the Kevin Porter Jr. train. Um, this Tonight I'm kind of feeling the, the Jalen Green train. It's just that simple. It's a great matchup for both of them. Uh, shooting guards tend to equip this Sacramento team, but I don't even know anymore if that's true because now this Sacramento team is completely different from what it's been for the past, you know, three months. So both those guys absolutely in play. I'm probably going to avoid your Jay Sean Tates and, you know, the mediocre mid-tier type guys. Uh, if anything, it's going to be either Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. And if we see that Sangoon's playing, Sangoon's in play. If we see Sangoon sitting, we're going to the front court guys, like I said. So that's a very fancy-friendly game. We'll move over now to the Atlanta Hawks traveling to OKC. This game will probably have about, you know, anywhere between a 10.5 to 12-point spread. Atlanta, not fully healthy whatsoever, but OKC is absolutely dog water. For the Hawks, Collins, Sharif Cooper, both ruled out. And then Jalen Johnson, DeAndre Hunter, and Danilo Gallinari are all questionable. We saw Gallo and Hunter both miss that last game, in which we saw TLC start. For the Thunder, Darius Baisley, Lou Jed Stewart, Derek Favors, Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Kendrick Williams, all ruled out. Trey Mann is questionable. So we'll start off here with Atlanta. I'm not really feeling anybody. Don't imagine that this game stays close. The one guy I could see is DeLon Wright. If we see that the, you know Hunter and Gallo are both ruled out, he would likely draw another start as well. Played 31 minutes in that last one, 22 DK points. There's worse you could do. Uh, I wouldn't mind looking there one bit. And then you have Timothy Luau Cabro, another guy, 3,300. He played 30 uh, minutes in that last one as well. So both those guys would probably be the two I'm looking at because even if their minutes are limited, I wouldn't be mad about it. On the OKC side of things, 
it gets tricky here. We're starting to get price bumps, price increases. Roby coming off a monster game. Pakuveski scored 39 in that last one. But I think Theo Maladon, it feels like, you know, the safest thing to look at here at 5,700. He continues to play big minutes, continues to take plenty of shot attempts. He's gotten good rebounds and assists at the guard position. It's a point guard going against Atlanta. So if this game maintains even a little bit of competitiveness, he should be have, him, uh, have himself in store for a big one. So don't mind looking that way. Um, I don't mind looking at Aaron Wiggins, but it kind of feels like we're chasing at this point. 4,600. Took 19 shot attempts that last one. Knocked down 11 of them. Also doled out 5 and 6 as far as rebounds and assists for 42 DK points. That price tag is still stomachable. That's not a word, but we're going to use it. At 4,600, I can see myself having to share two of him. And then for the front court, I mean, I'm at this point, between Roby, Pakuveski, it's pick your poison. I like Pakuveski's. Just his overall stat line is a lot more what he's able to do on the floor. Um, I don't want to bank on Roby having big games every single one. I was wrong in that last one, but I still got a good one out of Paku. He ended up putting 39 DK points, like I said, almost triple-doubled, was two rebounds shy. Just very, very versatile player who could get it done in so many different ways. And then for Roby, yeah, I'm not chasing that game. Put up 55 DK points. He also shot 11 of 13. I don't think that will happen again. So four or five from deep. A lot went right for Roby on that night. So I just don't feel like chasing it, especially – in a matchup, I don't expect to stay that close anyway. Three games remain. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to San Antonio to take on the Spurs for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable. John Morant has been ruled out. And then for the Spurs, we have Lonnie Walker, probable. Doug McDermott, Romeo Lankford, both ruled out. This game will probably have the Grizzlies favored by six and a half, seven points, maybe a little bit more. Imagine somewhere floating around that 222 range again. Looking at Memphis, it's going to be the usual suspects over here. Uh, it'd be Tyus Jones, 5,700. Sure, why not? Um, absolutely torched Golden State, so he didn't need to play big minutes. And that's been the theme over the past three games. They've It's been absolute blowouts. Grizzlies are just absolutely cooking. They're on a roll. Uh, this could be another one of those situations. They're just playing great basketball. It's kind of tough to ignore at this point. Um, I just don't know if it's going to slow down anytime soon. But... We'll see. Jaron Jackson Jr. happened to sit out that last game. So keep your eye on his news. Obviously, if he plays, it's going to take guys like Brandon Clark a little bit. I would say out of the picture. He's still in the picture, but I'll have left shares of him. And then Kyle Anderson, as I always say, if he's going to play any bit of the four, then we're going to have interest in him at 4,400 as well. And then DeAnthony Melton at 54 is always in play. This is one of those matchups where I think I prefer Melton over Jones. Uh, the floor seems constant and consistent. At least 30 DK points over the past four games. And he's doing so in limited minutes on great shooting, which seems a little unsustainable. And four out of the past five games, he shot at least 60% from the field. So a little bit over his head there. But even if you take that away at 5,400, he shoots a little worse. He can still easily pay off his salary. So for the most part, it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of Tyus Jones, a lot of bit of DeAnthony Melton. Uh, and then I want to keep on that front court situation and see what's going on over there. Not really playing anybody on the Spurs here. Don't mind it. If you want to play DeJounte Murray, I'll never fault you one bit. Grizzlies defense has been elite, so I don't want to pay an elite price tag for a guy uh, going against an elite defense. There we go. So pretty much taking a pass all the way around for everybody over here on the Spurs. Two games left. This one should be a blowout. Phoenix Suns traveling. Ah, no, we can't say that. Phoenix Suns traveling to Golden State. Take it on the Warriors. For the Warriors, Steph Curry, James Wiseman, both ruled out. Everybody else should be good to go. And for the Suns, Cam Johnson's doubtful. JaVale McGee, Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky all ruled out. Probably somewhere around like a six and a half to eight point spread. Maybe maybe a little lighter, but 
It's going to be a tough matchup for Golden State. Looking at all these guys over here, I'm Phoenix. I mean, Chris Paul, 8K, is still too cheap. Uh, this dude, since he's come back, has put up just two monster games in a row. 24 minutes. Or I'm sorry, 24 minutes. On 324, he put up 46 DK points. Uh, last game against Philly, he put up 50. I mean, 8K. It depends on how you feel about this game. If you think it stays close enough, yeah, you're going to want some Chris Paul. Bottom line, I think that's a great spot for him. 8K, sign me up. I'm good there. I don't think I'll be going to DeAndre Ayton, and I don't think I'll be going to Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker's also in a fantastic spot, don't get me wrong. But I think for $1,500 cheaper, just give me Chris Paul, and that's probably the main guy I'm looking at. I could see some of these ancillary guys, like maybe a J Crowd, having a solid game as well. But with all the value that we have already and that will open up, I don't think we need to go there. Over on the Golden State side of things, uh, you know, we got some options. Clay Thompson's all the way up to 8500 so I will take a pass there. No, thank you. Chris Paul, I prefer for $500 less, prefer a bunch of those other guards that we talked about. Uh, same thing with Jordan Poole, 8200 You know, continues to be consistent. At least 36 DK points over the past five games. Three in which he had at least 42. So, he's an option. Don't get me wrong. He's averaging about 35 DK points in 33 minutes against Phoenix already this season. 8200 that's not going to get it done. Um, the one guy that I do have a little interest in might be a little Draymond Green. Uh, the minutes are slowly going to start to get increased is what I'm thinking. If they're gonna, if this game stays competitive, he's the type of guy that I wouldn't mind running back against Chris Paul, just hoping for the best. And hopefully it works out. Hopefully you get the most workload. But the one pesky guy that keeps being a thorn in his side is Otto Porter Jr. So at, for 4500 he's a very contrarian play. I had shares of him going against Washington. It worked out well for me. He ended up starting the second half over Draymond. Uh, but kind of got to keep an eye on the whole situation as they go back and forth. I think he's... Basically, the insurance policy until Draymond gets fully back into it. And there's no reason to push either one of these guys right now. They're already in the playoff picture. Though they might lose that 3C to the Mavs. Very, very close on that. So, another thing to keep an eye on. I think they don't want to slip in the standings too much and find themselves in a tough matchup. But, I think uh, those are probably my two favorite targets there. It's going to be Draymond and it's going to be Otto Porter. Final game of the night. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Portland. Sticking on the Blazers. To the injury report, we go. We have Jonas questionable. Kira Lewis out. Larry Nance probable. Zion out. And then for Portland, we know it's pretty much everybody that's on their roster. Eric Bledsoe, Josh Hart, Joe Ingles, Damian Lillard, Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, Trenton Wofford, Justice Winslow all ruled out. Didi Luizida actually probable. And so is Greg Brown after missing that last one. So. They're getting bodies back. Obviously, you know, the Pelicans are going to be favored in this one. Anybody that's facing Portland is pretty much going to be favored, but it's a great matchup. CJ McCollum going back against his former team. A little narrative involved there, 8,800. Uh, I don't know. I think he cooks them, and then we barely see him again. So I'm really not too interested in him. Uh, I want to play Alvarado at 4,500, but that price tag, you know, it's a little too high. I, again, Throw out that last game against L.A. I'm, I don't take that with any grain of salt. If this game gets out of hand, he'll only get more run. Just signed a deal to extend himself for a few years. Uh, they opened up that two-way spot, brought somebody else in. So maybe there's the I just signed my contract narrative involved with him. And then Brandon Ingram. Uh, we yet to see the minutes kind of increase. It's only been a game. I don't think that they're going to thrust them back in there just yet, especially against this Portland team where they can easily just cakewalk them. I expect this to probably be like a high 20s to at best 31-minute game. Uh, otherwise, I'd have interest in him. I, I do like that price tag at 7300 So, it'll probably be guys like Alvarado, 
Uh, I don't mind looking at like Herb Jones and then I think maybe even like a Jackson Hayes. If we see that Jonas is ruled out, absolutely fire up your Jackson Hayes shares. There's no doubt about it. Um, or your Willie Hernan Gomez. I think both those guys would be great plays. Willie could get it done even as just a, re a regular 15-minute workload. He could crush his team. Uh, but it's tough. We don't know the news. So if you're going to play one of these guys, like, take your chance. Put them in your utility spot. It's just that simple. you got to be able to adjust on the fly. So unless we get the news early about what this rotation or what this lineup's looking like, you got to be careful. I got lucky in that last slate where I was able to you know, swap out my Hernan Gomez shares uh, for his brother, the other Hernan Gomez, once I saw that Valanciunas was playing and Gobert was rolled out. We're not all going to have that, though, especially on this slate. And that brings everything home. That wraps it all up with a bow on it. 32-minute show. We will now go to our breakdown of the player tiers. I'll give two of each tier because I am by myself. First player in the expensive tier, Lamella Ball, 9,200. I said enough. Uh, going to Madison Square Garden. He's going to put on a show there. He's absolutely torched the Knicks twice already this season. I'm expecting big things from Lamella. He just continues and continues to do it night in and night out. No doubt about it. I have interest in him. Uh, and then the other top tier stud, there's two ways I was thinking about approaching this. It was going to be Jokic at 12-4 because he should absolutely cook the Pacers. There's no doubt about it. Does that game stay close is the biggest question mark. So he would be my other, other top tier stud. But I also don't mind, like I said, looking at Carl Anthony Towns at sub 10K. He's at 9,600. Lots of interest over there. Pretty much the only two guys I think I'm crazy interested in that, over that 8K price range, to be honest. Uh, all right, mid-tier. A lot of options here, but I think I'm going to go two big men. Keep it short and sweet. Kevin Love, 6,900, knowing that he's going to get that center spot locked in. Absolutely love him. Uh, I think that we're probably looking at a floor of 30 DK points and a ceiling of 40 to 45 and a 6,900. I'm willing to throw a couple dollars that way and take a chance. Yeah. Worth a shot, right? And then there's a, there's a couple other routes I can go with this one. I'm thinking I'm looking at guys like Mo Bamba at 6K against Washington. I do like that matchup. Like I said, uh, no Wendell Carter Jr. He should pretty much be securing himself into about 30 minutes. Put up the last last game, last chance he got that he played 34 minutes against Sacramento. Very similar defense to Washington's. Put up almost 43 DK points. Uh, he's averaging 36 and a half against them in 26 minutes this game this season. So I do like me some Mo Bamba in that mid tier as well. Uh, again, Sangoon would be another option if we needed somebody else. But there's a lot of big men in the mid tier, so I don't think this is a slate that you even need to spend up on Jokic unless you're going double center. And then, to round it all about, we're going to slide over. Ooh, Theo Maladon's a good play, too. A lot of good options. Uh, where is, <laughs> I, could have, I could have said Davion Mitchell. Uh, the mid-tier is where I'm riding now. I think that's where I'm going to end up landing, but we'll see when it's all said and done. All right, now, now I'm, getting, I'm getting thrown off track. I'm giving out too many, too many options. I don't want to confuse people, uh, but there's a lot of good options. So we'll slide over to the mid-tier here. Uh, mid-tier options, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, value-tier. Value-tier options. We got a couple that we can look at. Nothing too crazy that we that we know about completely. A lot of this we're kind of still watching and waiting. So like, you know, Ben McLemore at 4,500 has been a guy that's just consistently been getting minutes and shot attempts. Don't mind looking at him. Put up 40 DK points in that last one. Signed me up. I'm good there. Uh, we talked about you know Sadaransky. I think there's players with higher upside. My dog in the background going absolutely ballistic. So I'm gonna try to wrap this up as soon as I possibly could. Feel bad for anybody that's uh that's hearing that. He's a pug. He's not tough. He thinks he's tough. He barks at people when they walk by out our window. but. And then I want to keep an eye on guys like uh, Bruno Fernando and KJ Martin. If Sangoon's ruled out, I think that both those guys would come into play and be fantastic value options over there as well. 
So, again, a couple of options for you, but we got to wait and see what this news shakes out to be. Now, we'll slide over to Thrive Fantasy, give out some of my favorite Thrive Fantasy picks of the night, plays of the night, things that I'm targeting and where I'm looking. Uh, plenty of spots to go in this one, but we're going to go We're gonna go to a couple different spots. I think Jalen Green, uh, points plus rebounds, 20 and a half, signed me up for that. It's only 95, so not getting the kind of results or the kind of money that we want out of that one, but I do like him in this matchup. And then I think the last one that I will pick, the Mellow Balls, 36 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for 105 points. As always, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give me a thumbs up, five-star rate review wherever you're listening. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it. iTunes, I greatly appreciate it. I keep seeing them rolling in here and there. It means the world to me. You guys are saying some awfully nice things. Uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough. It's been an absolutely fantastic season so far. Really looking forward to finishing this out strong. This, uh, this is the this is the grind game now. If you're still playing DFS NBA at this point, you gotta love it, or you really know what you're doing, and you're kind of monitoring this news because it's a good time to take advantage of people that are just still making lineups, but uh, they don't have that same intel, that same insight. So, shout out to all you guys for supporting and being fantastic people that you are. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be me and Harris. We'll be crushing that Thursday slate for y'all. Appreciate you. Love you. Let's take care and let's go win some GPPs.